Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, and we are back in the building with our guest, Willie, becoming a regular Thursday guest on the pod. Willie, welcome back, and how are you doing today? I'm good. Ready to talk some football. Let's get to it. All right. So I prepped us up on Tuesday for anyone who listened to the Tuesday pod, which was about the spend up and the gambling lines for week nine. Make sure you go back and listen to that. We are reaching the halfway point in the season, I guess right under the halfway point because we've eight games played and there's now 17. I'm so used to being, you know, week nine is the halfway point, Willie, because there's normally 16 games. Anyways, things have changed. We get more football. Good for us. Now that we have reached this midway point, I feel like we need to do a little check-in and discuss some futures. You know, which teams are currently in the playoffs, which teams are currently on the bubble, which teams are on the outside looking in, who has easy schedules moving forward, where can value be found in terms of reapproaching the futures market now that we are reaching the midway point of the season, and we have a lot of current data to work off of. So that is going to be Willie and I's first topic today. Then I have two week nine bets I need to get his reaction to. And then we will culminate this discussion by talking about the week nine value players on the upcoming Sunday main slate for DFS. Sound good, Will? Sounds great. All right. Let's start with the AFC for um, the playoff picture because I actually think NFC just has a juicier discussion. So let's move through the AFC a little bit quicker and then we'll hit the NFC. So right now, if the season ended today, these are the seven teams that are making the playoffs. Bills, Titans as a two seed, star that one, Chiefs as the three seed, Ravens as the four seed, Jets, Dolphins, NFC East teams coming in, AFC East teams coming in at five and six, and the Los Angeles Chargers as the seven seed. This puts on the bubble outside of the playoff picture for the AFC, the Patriots, the Bengals, the Colts, the Browns, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Jaguars, the Steelers. And those lovely Texans, which I know, Willie, you are a huge Texans fan. I mean, so, as a Jets fan, though, who would have thought, you know? <laughs> yeah, you are, you are in. All right. So what I want to do is, you know, review some of these odds, say, is this worth betting on? Is this worth avoiding? Where are the spots that we should bet on? And I think this discussion needs to start at the top with the Bills. Bills are plus 230 to win the Super Bowl. Right off the top, I think we can give the recommendation, Willie, that we should not be betting on this. Plus 230 is just not enough juice in the futures market to be placing that now for a team to win the Super Bowl. I mean, there are a lot of outcomes that need to happen for this team to get there, including 10 more weeks of the team staying healthy. I mean, this Bills team has stayed relatively healthy through the first eight, nine weeks. So you're getting a plus 230. My, my thought when I see this, Willie, is... If we wait until the first week of the playoffs and we get there and this Bills team is seemingly the same level of health and good to go and ready to rock, the line is still going to be plus 230. I don't think it's going to change. I can only think you could lose value in this line over the next few months. What's your thoughts on that? I don't think you could have said that any better. I, I would not take plus 230. I love the Bills, but I would definitely wait at this, at this point. Would you jump in if you like if Diggs got hurt for a month? Would you try and jump in and say, "Oh, he's going to come back," and now that I'm getting a little value, or are you just going to wait and say, "I'm going to play this at the beginning of the playoffs if I need to," or I'm going to go game by game? I mean, I'll look if like the Bills jump up to plus four fifty, plus five hundred. If Diggs gets hurt, or a really exceptional player gets hurt, then I'll definitely contemplate taking them. I'm not sure what you would view like good value. I, I think plus four fifty, plus five hundred for the Bills. 
I think they're the best team in the league, so I think I would definitely consider that. Um, yeah, that's where it's yeah. that's where it gets really reasonable. Anything plus anything plus four hundred and above, and also dependent on the injury news, right? If that's Diggs is out and we don't know if he's going to come back, then I don't think you could bet it. But yeah, I agree. I I, I kind of think I'm going to approach this as a game by game, and I do think I am going to be backing the Bills in the playoffs this year because they're incredibly good. Uh, the Titans are the next team that I wanted to talk about. The Titans are the number two seed. In the, in the AFC, crazy. They started the season out 0-2. Derrick Henry has been pummeling people to some consecutive wins. They've taken a clear lead in that division with the Colts, Jaguars, Texans. They have a pretty crappy division. So not only are they the two seed, not only are they on pace for a first week bye, they are a 44-1 to proposition to, mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl. Now, what's your, what's your reaction when you see 44-1 to and you have a team placed second place right now. So my reaction would be take Tennessee Super Bowl odds at plus 4,400. And reason being, the Tennessee Titans are going to make the playoffs. Derrick Henry will push them to make the playoffs. I do not think they have a chance at winning the Super Bowl. What I do think is a very smart idea is actually being able to cash out once they make the playoffs and taking some value there and taking some money there. I think that's a very smart idea. Again, I do not think they have any chance of winning the Super Bowl. I do think they'll make the playoffs. Derrick Henry is a monster, and you can cash out, right? So I actually think it's it's a pretty good value bet right now. I don't think there's a world in which the Titans don't make the playoffs. Now, if you're getting – they're a minus 310, yes, to make the playoffs. And if you're getting 44-1 to 1 juice on their Super Bowl ticket, Willie, if they do remain in that two seed and they do enter you know, week one of the NFL playoffs with a bye – and now they're going in, you know, they're going into the conference round and into the divisional round. However, you know, with even get, getting even further into the playoffs, like you can hedge off that ticket. You can just play the other side for the next three games and guarantee yourself profit. So I would say 44 to 1 Titans Super Bowl is a lock bet right now. Again, I agree with Willie. Don't think this team is winning the Super Bowl, but they're positioned to be a guaranteed playoff team. And for that reason, I honestly think yes on the minus 310 is not a crazy bet to make either because they're in such good pole position. Like the Dolphins are a yes minus 310 as well. But we're like, I don't know how good of juice that is because, you know, you have the Bills who are winning your division, the Jets who are tied with you in your division, and the Patriots who are just a game back. So like the Titans have the same odds but have such a clear, clear lead and hold on the division. Just really quickly, just to paint the picture really quickly, the Colts have Sam Ellinger, right? They're three and four, like – they're not beating the Titans. The Jaguars are two and six, and Houston's the worst team in the league, in my opinion. So again, like I think it's, a, I think they're a very safe bet to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think our first two bets that we're giving out right now, Willie, are yes, Titans to make the playoffs at minus three ten, and a sprinkle on Titans forty four to one to win the Super Bowl. Wow, I did not think that's where we were going to go with this show, but here we are, and I do think it's the right bet. Um, Chiefs, Ravens. Jets, Dolphins, Chargers round out the current playoff picture. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Um, and I guess in conjunction with your New York Jets, how do you mm-hmm. see the rest of the NFC? A, I keep saying NFC, AFC East uh, going down for the rest of this season. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Jets are going downhill and the Dolphins are going uphill. And I think that the Patriots will always be in contention because Bill Belichick's their coach. Um, I think there's a world where the Jets actually end up in last in this division. 
I think losing Elijah Vera Tucker, losing Brees Hall um, was monstrous for them. Uh, something they could not afford. They're going to have to rely heavily on Zach Wilson to throw the ball now as opposed to running uh, the ball as much as they were. As you saw last game, that did not pan out well. So I would stay away from the Jets. The Dolphins, though, right? Like, oh, my God. First of all, like Hill, Waddle, Mostert, like those are players you love to see on offense. And then just acquiring Bradley Chubb. I would say the one thing about Miami is their defense has been like struggling. But acquiring Bradley Chubb, I think, could completely lift that defense and could ultimately end up becoming a very good defense because on paper they actually do have a very good defense. So I'm very pro-Dolphins. I'm against the Jets right now. And the Patriots, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think Mac Jones is that good. I think they'll win game scripted games because Belichick's a really good coach, but that's where I stand with the AFC East right now. So I'm lo- I really like that breakdown. I'm looking at the odds for it all, right? Dolphins minus 310 to make the playoffs. Uh, that bet kind of scares me. You're paying a lot of juice for a team that's, again, tied with the Jets right now and just one game up on the Patriots. I agree with you. I suspect we are going to see a bit of a takeoff for the Dolphins while the other teams regress a little bit, but that scares me. Where I was looking was the divisional odds. I think you're getting plus 950 for the Dolphins to come and catch the Bills. That They are a game and a half back of the Bills right now. So it's not outlandish. The Dolphins have already beat the Bills once this season. That means they could do it again. That means everyone in the organization knows they could do it again. They just added Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson and some guys to you know get the band back together, get uh, the 49ers running backs Mostert and Jeff Wilson back in a running back room together. They got to love that. And I don't know. I think this is a team that could potentially take off. I'm a big Tua fan. Tua was in my DFS lineup last week. I've been riding Tua all season. This team has so much speed that on any given Sunday, they can beat you. So I I think the way to play the Dolphins. Go ahead. I I see no reason not to take them at plus 950. Like, they're a really good team. If they can stay healthy, they've beaten the Bills. That's the only team the Bills have lost to. Like, I, I see no reason to put some money on that. What about Super Bowl 28-1? to 1? Do you think that's worth a sprinkle as well? Yeah. I, I think Miami, especially with this trade, could, could honestly be lethal. Like, I, I genuinely really like Miami. I love the Bills. Listen, the Bills are like my – I think they're the best team in the NFL. But Miami beat the Bills, and I think Miami's only gotten better, and I think they're a scary team to face. I don't think anyone wants to guard Tyreek or Waddle or go up against Mostert, who's been a freak since he's been healthy. Like, I like Miami. I like their odds. Uh, Yeah. I agree. I think that plus 2,800, definitely worth a sprinkle. Uh, The Miami Dolphins are 13 times the payout that you would get on the Buffalo Bills right now. I don't think the difference between those two teams is 13x at all, and especially with the Dolphins bringing in some of these big-name players. I just woke up and saw that they gave Bradley Chubb an $110 million extension. So that guy, that guy's getting comfortable, and he's going to settle in, and he's going to play just fine. He's going to be a leader. He's going to take over the defense, and I expect that acquisition to do really well. Clearly, the Dolphins are all in, so when you see a team that goes all in, you want to join the bandwagon and say, all right, if this pays off, I'm going to hit big because of it. So for that reason, 28 to 1 sprinkle and the plus 950 are the ways to bet the Dolphins. I think I would avoid the minus 310 to make the playoffs, even though I do feel really good about it. Um, let's see. Are there any other AFC teams that we need to talk about? I do think we should talk about the Broncos, Willie, because even though they're 3 and 5 and third in their division, 
I'm not the biggest Chargers supporter. Chargers have been dealing with a lot of health stuff. And the Broncos' schedule coming forward becomes a piece of cake. Like, it's literally, like, the best schedule down the stretch for any offense that you could imagine. It is. It should right the woes that this Broncos offense and Russ Wilson has been dealing with. So, I don't know if I'm going to back them to make the playoffs. So, they'd have to go, like, 7-2 and two down the stretch to really make it happen and climb into a wild card spot. But I see myself backing the Broncos kind of week after week going down the stretch here. They're, they're a team that I plan to trend and, and ride down the stretch. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that as well. I think with the Chargers, right, having Keenan Allen, who's been consistently hurt, and then having through the bye week saying that he he got even more hurt with his hamstring. like that, crazy. That's a good sign. Mike Williams being out. I will say if you're playing DFS, like Eckler's going to be a – monster monster week yep. in and week out um everett as well i think he'll be really good um but yeah looks like the, the broncos second half schedule is a joke right like their offense has been horrible they're three and five and like it can't get any worse like they have to figure something out they have to make it a little bit better i think they will and i think the chargers are in a little bit of trouble with their offense and, and who's healthy um and so for that reason i'm with you and i actually like the broncos in the second half of the season Broncos are a plus 660 to make the playoffs. If you do feel a little bit frisky, if you are a Denver fan, if you do like Russell Wilson, even though it seems like a lot of people don't these days, that might be worth a sprinkle. Again, they would have to go probably 7-2 and two or 6-3 and three down the stretch. But take a look at their schedule. It gets very, very easy. They should be able to put up points. And they have a defense that's good. And you might be thinking, well, they just traded Bradley Chubb. And you guys are talking him up on Miami. However, we have seen... In historically with NFL trades, when you trade a linebacker or a tight end or a fullback or a like one of these non-skill position players, lineman, tight end, linebacker, they don't make the biggest difference on the team that ships them out. They might make a big splash on the team that they show up to because they've reinvigorated the guys, but you're also giving a new guy a chance to make his improve his point. And it's one of these dirty work positions. It's one of these high energy positions. It's one of these, you know, throw your body around, get in the dirt positions. Whoever's going to be filling in for Bradley Chubb's role is going to be giving his absolute all for the next 10 weeks, trying to put something on tape and trying to get himself any kind of contract that resembles what Chubb has just got. So Hawkinson leaving the Lions, like, the new tight end for the Detroit Lions is going to be fine. Is Hawkinson going to make a huge splash with the Vikings? Pfft, history would say probably not. So to remember these things when we bet is important that we could, on one hand, say Bradley Chubb has the potential to make a great impact. And on the other hand, we don't need to fade the Broncos because they lost Chubb on the other hand. We could play into both of those storylines and the way that this normally works um, whoever is going to be the new linebacker for the Broncos, I'm not a Broncos fan enough to know who, what their depth at linebacker is, this guy's going balls to the wall. End of story. He's putting whatever he can on tape, and he's trying to make it happen. Uh, let's segue over to the NFC, Willie. Philadelphia Eagles clearly in the lead in this division, 7-0. and uh, I don't think we really need to talk about them. They have an easy schedule down the way. They haven't really faced... Stiff competition, clearly going to make the playoffs, clearly going to be a top two team. Uh, we're going to have to revisit that discussion when they play stiff competition in the playoffs. I'm a little bit wary of them. Vikings are the number two seed, six and one. I think they're fraudulent. Seahawks are the number three seed, five and three. I think they're fraudulent. Falcons, fourth seed, four and four. I think they're fraudulent. 
Cowboys, 6-2. Big Cowboys fan here. Giants, 6-2 in the sixth seed. I think they're fraudulent. And the 49ers, 4-4. Four four. So we have seven teams in the, in the NFC playoff picture. One of them I think we can never know because of the level of competition they face this season is a joke in the Eagles. Three of them, I, four of them I think are frauds, and two of them I believe in. So how the hell do we approach this NFC picture and what is the best bet to make? Willie, what team do you think we should start out this NFC discussion with? Let's, uh, let's talk about Seattle. All right. So Seattle's currently 5-3, first in the NFC West. They're in the division with the 49ers, who sit right behind them at 4-4. Four and four. 49ers obviously just made big splash in the McCaffrey trade. They also have the faltering Rams and the faltering Arizona Cardinals in their division. I am not a Rams or Cardinals believer. But I do believe heavily in the 49ers to come back and take this division. I believe 49ers end up winning this division. And I am a bit scared of Seattle to even make the playoffs, personally. How are you viewing it? Yeah, I mean, listen, like, I looked at Seattle's schedule. And the two best teams Seattle beat, in my opinion, are the Chargers. um, And they beat the Giants. The two best teams I think they've played so far this year are the Saints and the um, 49ers, and the 49ers destroyed them, and the Saints beat them. I'm still yet to see Seattle beat, like, a really good team, right? They beat the Chargers, but the Chargers have been injury injured, like, all throughout the year, so it's just nothing special to me. And the Giants, the record is a record because of the schedule they have. They have no offensive talent other Agreed. than Saquon. Super team. fraudulent. I think that the 49ers are going to win that division, um, and... I think that there is a, a world where Seattle does not make the playoffs. What what are the odds for Seattle not to make the playoffs again? Do you do you have that up or no? Seattle to not make the playoffs are a minus one forty four. So they are even projected to still not make the playoffs. Yes, to make the playoffs is a plus one twenty six. So Eve, I don't think I'm going to be betting this line. I think I'm just going to be uh, the the way that I think you could play this, Willie. Is do you are you in agreement with me? Rams are. And the Cardinals are two teams that we can fade. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out on both for sure. Okay, here's how I think we play this division. The 49ers are a minus 140 to win the division, and the Seahawks are a plus 310. I think it is one of these two teams. They are the current first and second. I think one of them holds on to first place. I don't think we see the Rams or the uh, Cardinals come up from third and fourth and take over first place in this division already midway through the season with these teams doing terribly. So you can bet both of these lines to win the division and still be profitable. If either the 49ers or the Seahawks ends up being the division winner, if you put you know, 1.4 units to win one on the 49ers, and then you put three quarters of a unit on the plus 310, you are, and you can scale those however you want, but you are profitable on both sides in that equation. So that's how I would approach it. That the, the theory is, I don't think the Rams or the Cardinals have a chance to make the playoffs. And as we talk about, you know, my biggest bet for week nine is the Buccaneers over the Rams. So uh, I think the Rams are going to be handed another loss this week, which makes me even more confident in that approach. You like betting two sides in a division? Yeah, honestly, like, see, like, I, I don't think about a, a lot of these things the way you do. And like, just hearing you say that, I'm now going to do it. Like, I, I, just, 
Like, I just think that's such a good idea. I think the 49ers will win the division, but I think there's a chance Seattle does, and I, I like that. I, I want to be profitable, and I'm going to fade the Rams, and I'm going to fade the Cardinals. Smart. That's the way I am doing it as well. I am putting those bets in, and I will tweet them out and their unit distribution when we wrap up the show. A, a situation where I am not going to do that, and I'm just going to play a long shot in the division, is the Saints. And I think that's a team that me and you definitely need to talk about. We have the Falcons winning that division 4-4. Four and four. We have Brady and the Buccaneers, the favorite in that division, even though they are a game back, similar to the 49ers situation. The favorite is the number two seed right now. I don't know, man. The Buccaneers doesn't really look like the team. Like They're going to keep trying and they're going to keep going all in, but this team looks like they have a lot of issues. To me, I have my eyes on the Saints. A nice shutout win against the Raiders last week that we were on. Um, they don't trade Kamara. They name Dalton the starter. Whenever you name a 30X-year-old, I don't know how old Dalton is, but he passed his prime. He's not going to be the future of the team. But when you name him the starter for the rest of the season, when you hold on to Kamara, when you keep everyone in-house and you do not trade like everyone thought you were going to be sellers at the deadline, and you make a clear signal to everyone, hey, guys, we think we can still win. Because the reason to not trade Kamara is crazy because you're going to have to pay him at the end of this offseason and the Saints are pretty much signaling by not trading him, we're going to keep him. And we think we can win. And so... I'm like, you know, catching those virtue, virtue signals that the uh, Saints are sending out there. And I'm like, they think that they can do it at plus 410. So if they think they can do it, I want to be a part of it. I, by the way, like I, I could not agree anymore with you. I like the Saints at plus 410 to win their division a lot. I don't trust Mariota. I don't trust the Falcons defense. They're going to str- struggle heavily against good run defenses. And yes, like the Saints are tied with Tampa, right? And realistically, there is a shot the Bucks figure it out. Um, but they've just looked so bad this year so far. And I'd rather take the Saints at plus 450 than the Bucks at minus 135. Additionally, I think like looking forward, which people like kind of are forgetting about, is the Saints should be getting back Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas in the near future. Like they've been out all year. Yes, they are on the older side, but. I, I think, like, with the addition of Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, it'll definitely help their their offense. I also like how the Saints have a healthy Alvin Kamara, like you said, in the backfield. And their team is big, by the way. They have a very physical team. They have a good defense, and I very much like that. And so for those reasons, I am definitely going to be putting money on the Saints at plus 410 to win the division. All right, quick technical difficulty. Sorry about that. If we have any of the sound cut off, hopefully it'll all be good. Willie, I just want to clear up. Me and you are both looking at the Saints plus 410 in the division odds because of the way that the playoff picture's situated right now, right? Because we have the NFC East teams, the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants, all with winning records and really easy schedules down the stretch, we think those guys are going to sweep up a lot of the wild card spots, right? And we have this 3-5 and five Saints, the 4-4 four and four Falcons, the 3-5 and five Bucks. This is the division play. So, yes, could the Saints sneak out a wild card? Sure. But the Saints to make the playoffs is pretty much correlated to the Saints to win their division. If they win their division, they are going to make the playoffs. A team that doesn't win this division is probably not going to make the playoffs because the wild card spots are going to go elsewhere. So we, me and Willie, both agree that we should bet the plus 410 on the division instead of the plus 330 on the to make the playoffs because you're just losing some value on the playoff chances. The, the, the random odd scenario that the NFC East teams lose a bunch of games to a bad schedule. 
the, the Saints pick it up. The, the, the Falcons also, or the Bucks also pick it up, and they end up finishing in second in their division and making the playoffs. It just seems like a little bit far-fetched. The right bet is the plus 410. You get more value, and it seems like a more realistic outcome. Um, the other team I want to talk about, Willie, Dallas Cowboys. Now, I am a big Cowboys believer. I value experience. I know Dak Prescott has played four playoff games to Jalen Hurts' one. I know... Obviously, you guys got a guy like Brady and Rodgers and those guys who have played a ton. But if we're looking at this, you know, NFC playoff picture of guys who have been to the playoffs, who can make a run, which teams do we believe in? To me, it's 49ers and Cowboys that lead the pack. And we've seen Jimmy Jimmy G's limitations in the playoffs year after year. I'm not ready to get off of Dak Prescott and feel like he can't do it. I go the other way. I'm like, now this guy's got experience under his belt, and he's got a phenomenal defense to work with. I like Cowboys 14-1 to to make the Super Bowl. I think there's a chance that they overtake the Eagles the rest of the way and become the number one seed. So I think that's worth jumping in on now because I don't think we're going to get better odds as the season progresses with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, for me, I think the Eagles will win the division. I also think there's a little bit less pressure when you're, it's just like th- these games in division, right? Like there's just not that much pressure. They're 7-0. and Like to me, what you said, which I fully agree with, is when the Eagles make the playoffs, right? Like how is Jalen Hurts, how is this young, really young team going to respond? I'm actually going to – like, right, I agree. I think the, the Cowboys are, are the veteran team. I, I, love, I love their defense. Zeke and – Pollard have been very good on the ground. CD Gallup is healthy. I think like Noah Brown's been decent. I think the Cowboys are a really good team, and I would um, also take their future odds. I like the Cowboys in the playoffs for sure. I like Dak's experience. I, I like I like it all. And I like how they did the whole thing where Pollard had an amazing game, and Jerry Jones is like, "Listen, Zeke's our starter. Like we're yeah. not rocking the boat here. Like yeah. like like Cooper Cooper Rush has a few good games, and Jerry like listen guys." It would be nice to have a contra- quarterback controversy. Sure, we could talk about it, but Dak's our starter. Like, no, you don't, you're not seeing what's happening with the Patriots, another amazingly coached organization, flipping back and forth between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, and the whole locker room can't figure it out. Like, this team has sent a clear message. Like, we know who we are, and we're going to ride that into the playoffs. We think we're good enough, and we're not going to change things on a week-to-week basis. So I like that what they're doing with their consistency. I love... Their defense. I think Micah Parsons is is absolutely incredible. Micah Parsons is one of the best football players I've ever seen play. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy uh, defense. It's fun to watch for sure. All right. Sprinkle in some last thoughts about some futures before we move on. I do want to personally fade the New York Giants. I am continuing to do that. I've been on, I was on the Jaguars minus three two weeks ago. I was on the Seahawks minus three last week. I am going to continue to fade the New York Giants. However, I do not think there's value in the futures discussion. And Willie also informed me that their schedule is mighty easy for the next 10 weeks. So I can see myself playing against the spread Giants uh, plays for the next few weeks. They've won too many games in one score games with big field goal kicks with a two point conversion or Saquon breaking three tackles at the goal line like it's just been too good to be true for the Giants, so I expect the luck to uh, die off a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely been too good to be true, but their schedule is a joke, right? They play the Texans, they play the Lions, they do play the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are home, so that'll be tough. They play the Commanders, the Giants are home there. They do play the Eagles, that is very tough. Um, but, like, like, for me, right, like, 
<laughs> like they're just not playing great teams. So I think the Giants are are actually pretty capable of beating a lot of these shittier teams. But I do think that they are going to struggle against the solid teams. But again, like they got their luck has been ridiculous, right? Like and it's the same team. thing that we're it's the same kind of concept that we're playing into for the Eagles and the Cowboys. Schedules are divisional, so the the, the teams that the uh, Giants play this season are the exact same as the Cowboys and the Eagles. So it comes to no surprise that we're talking about the Eagles saying they haven't faced stiff enough competition. The Giants, they're not facing stiff enough competition. The Cowboys are that spot that we're looking in and saying, if we were to face stiff competition, this is the team that we would back. So that's kind of, um, think I think, a good way to wrap up our futures conversation, Willie. To give summary of our bets, let me know if I miss anything right now. Saints division plus 410. Dolphins Super Bowl 28 to 1 division plus 950. Cowboys 14 to 1 Super Bowl. Titans 44 to 1 Super Bowl with a plan to hedge off of that. And Seahawks and 49ers playing both of them with their divisional odds. Um, and then again, we're looking at teams like the Broncos. We're looking at teams like fading the Giants and fading the Seahawks down the stretch. Yeah, catch me on FanDuel submitting those tickets right after this podcast is over. There we go. Maybe the, maybe we'll move the market with our uh, big bucks. I'm hyped. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last thing, we're going we're gonna to segue over to DFS, but I want to talk about two games for week nine and where the Sharps are. And I went over this on uh, Tuesday's show, where the money is, where the Sharps are for each game, and I gave out my best bets. But there are two of these spots where the Sharps are going a different direction than I would probably bet myself, Willie. So I wanna, I'm want to. i kind of wondering. I don't normally go against the Sharps, but I'm thinking there's two spots here that I might. And it's Eagle – I mean, it's Colts-Patriots. This line opened at Patriots minus six, and it has since been bet down to Patriots minus four and a half. There is a lot of Colts money coming in on the market. A lot of people think this game – is going to be a close game where the Colts have a real chance. I don't I don't buy it. I am thinking in my mind, let's wait, let's keep waiting to see if this number ticks to four, three and a half. I might even jump on it now at four and a half. I'm gonna keep waiting and waiting and waiting for this Patriots line to get better and better and better for me. And I think I'm jumping on the Patriots this week. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean like right, I get why money's coming on the Colts just because like Mac Jones has just been He's just not been it. He's just not been great. So I, I do understand that. What I will say, though, is that Sam Ellinger has only started one game in his career, and I believe Bill Belichick is going to make his like his life a living hell, right? Two, JT is hurt. He hasn't looked good all season. I mean, like I don't think he has a rushing touchdown all year, and the Patriots have allowed one rushing touchdown so far this year. And so for me, I think this is a like a Belichick game where he can just single-handedly <laughs> win this game for the Patriots. Um and so, therefore, I'm going to take the Patriots to win just because I haven't seen enough Sam Ellinger. JT's hurt. Like, they, they just don't have much going for them right now. Like, you know what I mean? So, I, I'm going to take the Patriots here. But I do understand because, like, Mac Jones just hasn't been that good. So, I do understand the Colts with points. So, Colts are getting the sharp action, but you're with me that, you know, keep waiting for this line to drop and jump in on the Patriots when we get the right line. Maybe I even play this from a money line perspective if, if I'm scared of covering like a three and a half point spread, but we get it down there. Maybe I just take the money line because the money line's moving in my favor as well. If I'm backing the Patriots, I'm getting better value by waiting. 
Yeah, also last week I did take the under at 40, and I'm pretty sure it has moved to 39.5. I'm not sure how you feel about the over-under or where the Sharps align there, but I do think this is going to be a run-heavy game, and I do think that um, Bill Belichick is, is it's going to be game-scripted it's going to be game scripted. So I, I just like, I don't know. I, I like, I, I agree. I think the under is the, if you're going to play a total in this game, you have to play the under uh, 39 and a half is, is dangerous. I'm glad you got the 40 because 40 is a key number for totals. So uh, I, I, I would like the under 40 significantly more than I like the under 39 and a half. I would, you wouldn't catch me dead playing it over in this game. So I do agree with it. Uh, the other one that I want to talk to you about for week nine is Cardinals versus Seahawks. Now we saw the Seahawks win this game 19 to like nine or 19 something a few weeks ago. Uh, Now we are back in Arizona. Uh, This game's total is 50 and a half. So we are expecting a shootout in the last game in Seattle where the Seahawks won 19 to nine. The uh, Cardinals had more first downs. The Cardinals had more yards gained. The Cardinals had more time of possession. The Cardinals had more plays run. So on and so on and so on. The Seahawks had more points scored, and they won the game. And I talk about this all the time. Wins can be one of the most deceiving stats in football. I think that, I think, you know, we talked about the Seahawks being a little fraudulent. We talk about the Seahawks not facing great competition so far. I don't know if we're going to call the Arizona Cardinals great competition. This line opened at Seahawks plus four and a half, even plus six in some, some, a bad book, a book laid a bad line in the spot. We are now seeing it at plus two. So, so much Seahawks money is coming in. Everyone is fading the Cardinals. And I'm here sitting the other way going, I don't know if that's the right move. I think the Cardinals might be the right side in this game. Not only are they home, but they outplayed the Seahawks just a few weeks ago. They just happened to lose the game. So, I'm thinking about jumping in on the Cardinals now that it's at a minus two. If I can get this to minus 1.5, that would be amazing. But, I'm again, I'm looking at Cardinals minus two and I'm looking at Cardinals money line. Yeah, I think this is also a toss-up game because I don't really think Arizona is that good. Um, what I will say, right, is Arizona's home. It's very hard to beat a team twice, and Seattle did just recently beat them 19-9. to What is the biggest thing, in my opinion, is that Arizona didn't have D-Hop or James Conner in that game. Um, yep. And I know I know people are sold on Seattle, but the only decent teams they've beaten are the Chargers, like I've mentioned before, who were banged up in the Giants. Um, and... You know, they lost to the 49ers and the Saints. But my, my thing is, like, D-Hop and James Conner, they bring a lot to the table. Um, and I think for those reasons and Arizona being home, I'm going to take Arizona here. Um, and I expect it to be a pretty close game. I think Hopkins puts a lot of pressure on a defense that we're not accounting for. And also the Seahawks cornerbacks have been overperforming. But those guys are young, like second, third-year players, rookies. Like, those guys are really young, the defensive backs for – for the Seahawks, when you throw Nuke Hopkins out there, uh, he has a chance to go nuclear. That's why we call him Nuke. So yeah, I mean, Arizona hasn't been scoring much, like in the Reds, and then D Hop comes back and they start scoring touchdowns. I, I, like, yeah, I think they have over seventy points the last two weeks. Yeah, so I think so, D Hop's massive for them. Okay, so you like both of those? Uh, I will tweet out all of my bets. They've already been tweeted out. I will make sure I send out another summary of them. I will add in all the futures plays. I will add in the Patriots and Cardinals plays. Make sure you are following me on Twitter at mfiddle14 and you will get everything clear and concise so you don't have to be sitting down with your notepad listening to me and Willie and jotting down some bullet points. You could skip that step. All right, Will, let's talk about, do you have any week nine bets that you want to throw my way and get my reaction to or do you want to just talk about some DFS? 
Let's talk about some DFS. Um, I mean, I have okay. I have the Saints um, plus three, and I have yep. the Bucks. I have the Bucks as well. I don't I don't know how you feel about yep. those. I gave I gave both of those out on Tuesday. I'm on both of those as well, so I support them. Don't really feel like we need to talk about them because anyone here can go listen to the Tuesday pod and hear our thoughts on those. So did you, did you let's talk, talk, about, about, did you talk about Cooper Cup though, and and his low ankle like sprain. Like he didn't practice yesterday, so like there's that <laughs> is that, that is the reason to back the Bucks. That was the reason to get in on them when it was a minus two point five. That is an absolute reason why you cannot play Cooper Cup in DFS. I talked about that on Tuesday. The reason why I do the Tuesday show on Tuesday, Willie, and talk about spend ups is because we know what star players are going to be relatively healthy, and we don't want to pay up for a star who's got a bum ankle. So Cooper Cup. Potentially out this week, definitely not in consideration for DFS, and definitely something we are betting against in gambling. So let's start off this discussion with the quarterbacks. Uh, we 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 go anyone under seven thousand dollars, Willie. So this will start off with Tua and Joe Burrow, and work our way down the list. If I am going to pick off some value spots here, I'm going to throw you a few names. Aaron Rodgers against the Detroit Lions. Detroit is horrendous. And we are know they're in the dome in Detroit. I think you can play Aaron Rodgers. Of course, that's dangerous considering how bad the Packers have been. But the matchup is the same matchup that Tua got last week. Uh, I think the Detroit Lions have let up the most points in the NFL, even though they've played, they've already had their bye week. So they've played one less game than a lot of teams. They still let up the most points. Marcus Mariota, another name I would definitely look at. Uh, Atlanta Chargers game, the total has been sharped up from 48 to 49 and a half. So we are expecting a lot of scoring there. And we know that man runs the ball. Trevor Lawrence is the name that the DFS optimizers are giving out left and right this week. He is going against the Raiders. The Raiders are atrocious against quarterbacks. We saw it with Dalton last week. I think the Raiders have allowed every quarterback they faced to finish as a top 10 quarterback on the week. I don't know if Dalton finished top 10 last week, but I know he was serviceable and decent. So value quarterbacks, if you're not going to pay up for Josh Allen or Kyler or Herbert, the value quarterbacks that I'm looking at are Aaron Rodgers, Mariota, and Trevor Lawrence. Thoughts on those, Willie? Anyone that I'm missing or which one of those do you like the best? Yeah, I definitely do like them. Someone I think you are potentially missing is Justin Fields. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Fields yeah. Has had Go two ahead. monstrous games in a row. I mean, like I've I've watched him. I've been watching him all year. He was not great to start off the year, and he's on fire right now. He's running a lot. He's making good passes with not a great offense. Um, and they're playing Miami, who has actually been struggling on defense. I know they just got Bradley Chubb, but I do think that. It could potentially be a high-scoring game. I'm pretty sure the line has been moving up all week um, towards the over. Um, and so I do like Justin Fields in this spot. And then the next quarterback, I would say, who has potential is Jared Goff. But the one thing I would say is losing TJ Hawkinson and with D. Swift not being fully healthy, I'm not sure I would trust Jared Goff. But I would definitely – I mean, because Fields is – Fields and golf are in the same boat. I would take Fields over golf. Um, would first. you take Aaron Rodgers over golf in the in the same matchup? Yeah, on the other I would side probably take Rodgers over golf too. But I think there's a world Green Bay runs the ball a lot this game as well. Like Detroit's mm-hmm. run defense is trash. So like I think AJ Dillon could have a good game. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a really good game. Uh, I don't love Green Bay's wide receivers. Like I, but I I do like Rodgers, and I I think. Look, Detroit Detroit has been good when their team has been healthy and it hasn't been healthy all year with Brown and Swift. Like 
and they just got rid of TJ. So like I've been on golf, but I'm gonna I'm probably gonna hop off just because they traded TJ away. And I could be wrong though, but and if Swift's not health, healthy, like I I don't know how I feel about it. I think Jamal Williams could be decent. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's probably the week to stay. The the weeks where we feel indifferent on golf are probably the weeks to stay away. I feel like the weeks that golf goes off are pretty obvious. Hey, this one's going to be a shootout. We're not sure yeah. about this one. Um, I. I am just want to throw this out there. I know you are a Trevor Lawrence owner in your dynasty league. Trevor Lawrence is the name that's being given out by the optimizer. So if you are looking out for a budget quarterback and you're looking for this, what's the price per ratio? What's the you know what's the value proposition that this quarterback has? What are the optimizers saying? The optimizers are saying you're playing either Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot this week. I do like the Justin Fields pick. I mean, he's going to run the ball over 10 times. He's got that floor. And Miami plays so fast on offense. So that should lead to more plays run for Fields. And he's got Claypool. Is Claypool active? Is Claypool healthy? If Claypool's out there and even playing limited snaps, simply means they're going to lob him the ball and say, you know, take a chance and go get it. So that'll offer some upside. I feel very confident with Trevor and Justin this week. Yep. All right. So those would be the value quarterbacks that we're looking at. We're going to running back. Willie, you've mentioned on this podcast so far the two running backs and the spend ups that I absolutely love. They're Eckler and Aaron Jones. Um, those are the guys where if you're paying up, those are the guys that you're searching for. But if we're going to work our way down underneath the 7,000 list, we're getting to Fournette, Mixon, Swift, Travis Etienne, given by every optimizer lineup this week. I think Etienne is kind of a must play 6,300. Going against the Raiders at home in Jacksonville, getting the full complement of workload since they've let James Robinson go. It's just Travis Etienne and Jamichael Hasty. Love Etienne. I think he's an absolute must-play. Working further down the list, Mostert in that uh, you know that same game with Justin Fields. Mostert is a is a play. They've shipped Chase Edmonds out. They brought Jeff Wilson in. Not sure who's going to be active this week. Mostert is going to get a lot of work against a team that ranks 29th against the running back in fantasy points allowed. Deontay Foreman, let's wait to see if Chuba Hubbard is healthy or not. It kind of looks like Chuba's going to play. Chuba says he thinks he's going to play. But at the same time, Carolina was out uh, working out running backs earlier this week. So they are going both ways. There's beat writers that says they think it's going to be a multiple-week injury for Chuba, and that's why the team is looking into bring in more running backs. So if Chuba is out, Foreman becomes a must-play. If Chuba is in... I'm probably avoiding Foreman altogether. And then scrolling down the list, I really don't see that many value running backs I like this week. Do you see any, Willie? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm thinking most of what you said. Um, I'm thinking uh, there's mm, – I'm looking at Singletary, but maybe not. Um, James Conner, I mean, being healthy if he plays this week. There's a world where he, he lights it up and, and is, is up there with, like, the top three or four guys. Um, but for me, like, I'm taking Travis Etienne, and there's no question about it. Um, yep. With James Robinson, Yanni had 114 yards and a touchdown, and then he had 156 yards with a touchdown. The Raiders have been getting smashed on the ground. Like, I think Trevor's going to throw the ball a lot to him. I think he's going to have a lot of rushing yards. I, I think he's honestly going to perform with – top three, top four of the week, like, I, I'm taking him, and I'm sticking with that. Um, so that's where I'm at with Travis. 
Yeah, I think it's ETN, and then I think it's take your pick for your second running back of Aaron Jones or Eckler, and it's a spend up on running back week, and we are not looking for value running backs. We will look for value wide receivers. We will go over there. Um, again, we talked about Cup not being playable, um, so we'll scroll down. Uh, Pittman, not really playable because of the Ellinger and the uh, – Competition yeah. he has against the New England Patriots. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is a definite clear play at 6,600. I like him a lot. He's going to get peppered with targets if Swift is hurt, if Hawkinson is hurt. We got to love Amon Ra. Um, Terry McLaurin has been doing really well the last few weeks. DJ Moore been doing really well the last few weeks. Um, both of those games scare me. Both of those games are being a little bit sharp down to the under. But if Heineke is playing for Washington, Heineke throws deep balls to McLaurin. He throws them up there and says, Take a chance and go get him. I always like that proposition. Jacoby Myers is someone that I play a lot in DFS. DraftKings is full PPR. Jacoby Myers gets his receptions every single week. He gets, you know, he's averaging 16.4. His fantasy points per game is higher than everyone else in his price range. So I always love a Jacoby Myers. Uh, if I'm going to keep scrolling down, Garrett Wilson, if you're going to play into this Jets-Bills game and say, hey, the Jets are going to have to be throwing the ball the whole game. Garrett Wilson had over 100 yards last week. He's clearly become the number one there. That's got to be an option. DeAndre Carter and um, Josh Palmer, the two guys filling in for the Chargers. If the Chargers game, we talked about this uh, with the quarterbacks with Mariota, if the total has gone from 48 to 49 and a half, we are expecting a lot of scoring. If Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both out, that means it becomes Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter, you kind of have to play one of those uh, value Chargers ride receivers. And then Terrence Marshall Jr. This guy's on the field for every single time P.J. Walker throws the ball. Uh, he's 23 years old. They're giving this guy some looks saying, hey, are you going to be part of our future here? He had nine targets last week, seven targets the week before. Um, this guy's clearly coming on to this offense at really cheap price. What is it? It is... Uh, 3,900? Wow. Yeah. That one's really, really interesting. I was, I was it's waiting kind of hard to, to avoid that kind of value. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say his name as I was going down the list. I think my top guys this week are going to be St. Brown and Chris Godwin. I really like Chris Godwin. He's very consistent. Like, he's always yep. good, so I'm going to keep him in. I, this is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, this is a spend-up for sure. But, like, Devontae Adams this week – I just feel like I feel like the Raiders are going to be throwing a lot this week. I think Waller's going to be back this week, and I feel like Devontae is just like his. He's just like he's too good not to have like a bounce back week. I think he could do crazy things against Jacksonville. I think also everybody's on Jacksonville. Like I think the whole world thinks Jacksonville's going to win. I do too, which leads me to think that like something bad is going to happen, and that. <laughs> Uh, or the Raiders are just going to need to throw the ball a lot. Yeah, or they're going to just need to throw the ball a lot. Um, so I like D-Hop. I like St. Brown. I think minimum 10 targets. I think every single game he's played healthy. He's had 9, 10-plus targets a game. They lost TJ Hawkinson. You're going to abuse St. Brown versus the Packers. That is what you're yep. going to do if Swift's not healthy. Like, it's Jamal Williams and St. Brown. That's what you're doing there. I like Godwin. Very consistent. Um, DJ Moore has been good, but I will say – 
like inflated, right? Because he had a sixty-yard touchdown yep. last second of yep. the game. So like, it's not. I'd rather go Marshall if I'm going to back a Panthers receiver. Completely, stay away from Pittman. I have Pittman on almost all my teams. Ellinger's just not the answer right now. Like they just don't see enough volume in the air. I like Christian Kirk. I think Jacksonville's going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, Joshua Palmer, right? This is an interesting one because Keenan and Mike Williams are not going to be playing this week, and. It's like, who are you going to throw the ball to? Obviously, Eckler's going to get a ton of volume, and I think Everett's going to get a ton of volume. But it's either going to be DeAndre Carter, like you said, or Joshua Palmer. I'm pretty sure Joshua Palmer has been more of that go-to person with um, when Keenan, William- Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out. So I actually do like him as well. I think Zay Jones has potential in Jacksonville. I also like what what hap- I for I'm I'm curious what you think what happens if Cooper Cup doesn't play is Allen Robinson have a good game or do we just stay away from him I don't like Allen Robinson like I'm I, staying I away the Rams are the Rams have been so bad I'm staying away from all Rams yeah, altogether that makes sense. yeah and then the last person I would say is uh, Terrence Marshall like I, I think he's <laughs> he's been good with Robbie Anderson gone um, PJ Walker's actually been pretty good Carolina's not been horrible to watch like. Like Chuba and Foreman, they've been they've been decent. So I'm on Marshall as well. I, I like I like those picks. All right, I think you just crushed that. I think I need to respond to a few things. If you want to play the Devonte Adams angle that Willie's talking about, here's how you do it: you enter a GPP tournament. You do not play a cash game. You enter one of these tournaments where if you hit big, you win big, and you play Trevor Lawrence. You play Travis Etienne. You play Devontae Adams, and you play Zay Jones, all of them, in that game. And if that game scores, you know, 35 to 31, if that game pops off, we already know ETN and uh, and Trevor Lawrence are optimizer projections, so we think they're going to have great weeks. If we follow that up and say, okay, if they have great weeks, other people in that game are also going to have a lot of scoring opportunities, you load them all into one tournament lineup, you set them off, you make a few other tournament lineups, stacking a few other games, and you say this has a chance to hit really big and like, you know, 20x, 50x, 100x a return in a DFS tournament. Um, what were the other things that you said, Willie? Yeah, Josh Palmer, cleared from his concussion protocol. Uh, definitely have to consider him. I think he's going to get peppered with targets. DraftKings full PPR, really like Josh Palmer. Uh, Godwin, I want to respond to the Godwin stuff. They're going against the Rams, which means Jalen Ramsey probably on Mike Evans for most of the game, which means if we're on the Bucks and we think that, you know, the Bucks have to create offense away from Mike Evans, hello, Chris Godwin. I actually love the Chris Godwin pick this week. Super consistent, super good for a full point PPR league and useful around the red zone. Godwin has a chance to pop off any week, and this could be the week where he does it if, you know, Ramsey is shadowing Mike Evans. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of, I, I loved the point about DJ Moore's numbers just being inflated. If you're going to go that direction, you got to go with Terrace Marshall and just hope that, you know, Marshall catches the 60 yard bomb this week. Let's move on to tight end. Um, I did, again, I did no tight end talk on the Tuesday episode because we have nothing that's considered an elite spend up tight end on the slate. It would have been wrong for me to say Zach Ertz in the same breath that I'm talking about Josh Allen and Cooper Cup and Austin Eckler not do it so uh, I think that this tight end conversation starts with Gerald Everett and we work our way down Uh, we know that the Chargers are banged up and we know that this game should be high scoring so where does that volume go it might go to Gerald Everett that would be the direction I would go I'm really looking at Tyler Higby Higby is probably going to be the name that I play 
Uh, he is going to be the most used tight end in the optimizer lineups. His target share is so high, and we have Cooper Cup banked up. So it will be really hard to avoid Higby as the tight end this week. Um, looking at other places, don't really love anything else. What are your thoughts on tight end this week? All right, yeah, so my thoughts with tight end, I mean, I guess like, yeah, Kyle Pitts, no, I mean, he had one good game. The Falcons rarely throw the ball, the run-heavy team, staying away from him. I think Ertz will be good, but very expensive. Don't think it's worth it. I think Everett could be just as good, if not better, this week. We said they're banged up. Um, he's had 16 targets through the last two games, and that was with either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams playing. They're both going to be out. I'm seeing seven-plus targets at a minimum for Everett this week I, I, in a high-scoring game. I like him a lot. Waller, no world. I trust him until I see him play a week or two. Uh, he's been injured, not doing that. <laughs> Higby, I would agree. It's, it's got to be the move, right, because he's he's less expensive. He's, he's way less expensive. And with Cup out, I mean, Higby has not been good the last two games. I'm pretty sure he dropped a wide-open touchdown last game as well. Uh, with that being said, they need to throw the ball to him. That's why I was saying, like, Allen Robinson or Higby. I don't like the Rams' offense, but, like, who are they going to use? They're probably going to go to Higby. That's what they normally do. Um, so I am in on Higby. And then the last person I would say is, like, there's a world Evan Ingram, like, pops off. Like, I mean, he, I don't mind him. I think he's pretty good. I think I, the Raiders' defense is not good, so I think Jacksonville is going to be putting up points. Um, and he's been pretty consistent over the last two or three weeks. So I don't mind him, but Higby is only $400 more, so I'd probably rather take him. He'll be more heavily involved in that passing offense. Um, so, yeah, I would probably go Higby, Everett, then Ingram. I do think Everett has a ton of upside this week, though. Like, I genuinely ton think of upside. I, I, I definitely agree with that. If you, I do agree with the Ingram play, too. Ingram's been steady Eddie. I call Ingram the biggest slut in fantasy leagues because he's the one that everyone picks up and drops off, gets him for one week, fills their bye week on tight end, and then sends it back to waivers. Yeah. Yeah. There's been there's no one in any fantasy league, and everyone who's listening to this is shaking their head. Yup, it's Evan Ingram in my league too. Yeah. Evan Ingram is picked up every single week and dropped every single week, and he's still he's going to get you your six or seven points, but you don't need to hold on to him. You could just send him over to the next person who's dealing with a bye week. So I do like that, but also if if you like Evan Ingram, throw that guy into your GPP lineup of the Raiders and Jaguars stack. Again, we keep pointing out players in this game that we really like. There will be some some DFS experts who make lineups that just absolutely pound this game. They put Lawrence, they put Ingram, they put ETN, they put Zay Jones, they put Devontae Adams, they put Mac Hollins, they put all of these guys in one game, and then they go spend up and get like Eckler and, and, and Aaron Jones. Really quickly for Ingram as well, I would just like to say now that I pulled up his numbers, last four games, 10 targets, 6 targets, 7 targets, 6 targets, 69 yards, 40 yards, 67 yards, 55 yards, one touchdown. I mean, like, he's putting up, like, actually decent numbers, and he's playing the Raiders, who have given up the third most. I mean, this is fantasy points, but they don't know how to guard tight ends. Um, so I actually genuinely think that this is, like, a, a good, solid spot. Yeah, right Ingram's now. a really good play. I, I also i am checking the optimizers right now, and I'm checking five lineups. Three of them have Higby. Two of them have Ingram. Yeah. So those are the guys that the optimizers, they're saying, hey, we have formulas to do this. We can price out ratios and point correlations and, and understand the matchup that these guys are facing. And Evan Ingram has to be a guy who who is highly considered this week. So love that pick, Willie. And then let's move on to defense as we wrap up this conversation. If Cooper Cup is out and we want to fade the Rams, maybe we can play into a little Bucks defense action. Uh, I would. I, I think that's a little bit dangerous considering how bad the Bucks defense has been, but maybe they get right back on track this week. 
I think this is a week where I'm looking at cheaper defenses because I'm looking to spend up at running back for two of them and potentially spend up at quarterback. So I know I'm not going to have the money for a high spend defense. So I'm looking at um, Colts against New England. Again, that game we were talking about that price at 39 and a half. I'm looking at the Bucks and the Bucks alone. <laughs> like I'm really, not, I'm not spending up. I'm not spending up and. Yeah, I, I I mean like I, I don't Oh, the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks are fairly cheap. Okay. They're fairly yeah. cheap. Like, I'm that's who I'm that's who I'm picking. Like in terms of money, like in value, like that that's to me I I passionately feel that that is the best value. After Yeah, I agree. That. I agree because Colts Colts to Colts are playing against the Patriots, so it's going to be a low-scoring game, but at the same time, like Patriots are a team that makes very limited mistakes, so they're not going to give your defense a lot of opportunities to make plays. Rams, on the other hand, play West Coast offense. They play spread. They they play fast. There's more chance for you know errors, fumbles, interceptions, all that stuff. So yeah, I, think I the like Colts are also not going to be on the field that much. Like Ellinger, I don't. I think he's going to struggle against Bill Belichick in that defense. And I, I right. think the Patriots are going to be running the ball a lot. And like I don't. I don't think they're going to be making that many mistakes. I don't know. I, I, the, the Bucks are. I, I, the Rams are are not fun to watch. They're they're not. They're just not. They're good. They're, they're atrocious. Like, it's it's um, crazy to say this, but they're just not good. Like, <laughs> sweet. So I think that wraps us up for uh, all those value plays we gave out. A bunch of them. Quarterbacks. We're looking at Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Marcus Mariota, Justin Fields. Uh, running backs. We are looking at right at you, Travis Etienne. We are looking right at you. Uh, wide receivers. We're looking at. Terrence Marshall, McLaurin, uh, Josh Palmer, the Chargers guys. Tight end, we're looking directly at Higby and Gerald Everett. And on the defense, hello, Buccaneers. I will be back on Saturday with a core four episode and giving out my final bet slips. Make sure you check to my Twitter to make sure you're all caught up. And I will give all the notes and all that stuff for this podcast. Make sure you check back Saturday. Make sure you check back next week. Willie, thank you for joining me today, and I will see you next Thursday. Thank you, sir. See you next Thursday. All right, family, and as always, peace out. Peace out. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts